Hello and welcome to our table here at Death and Axes, where I do my best to paint a picture of a grim dark world of horror and blood, while my players do their best to subvert it with hilarious nonsense. My name is Jeff Hawkins, your host and dungeon master. My name is David Ramsington, and I play Ramus Valxador, the Scarred Nomad Ranger. My name is Ian Coughlin, and I play the Copper Dwarf, Basalt Feldsbar, Paladin of Mutter Jade. I'm Lacey Canton, and I'm playing Deasim, Sword for Hire. My name is Lila, and I'll be playing Petra, Dwarven Sorceress of the Sisterhood of the Choir of the Stone. Nathan Anderson, I play Dorshan, Seeker of Book. So without further ado, let's join our adventurers in the free cities of Ophesia. Previously on Death and Axes. After abandoning the safety of the caravan to Blood Iron Bastion, the party was accosted by giant antlions that sprung from the earth and tried to make off with a dwarf-sized snack. After this ordeal, the party managed to reach the Iron Dwarf's border crossing of Lodestone Keep. Just before entering the keep, Basalt ran off to relieve himself and was mysteriously replaced by his companion Petra, whose explanation of her appearance simply didn't add up. Dorshan, impatient and testy over the delays, pressed on without interrogating his suspicions. He was surprised to find that the guards were expecting them and expedited their admittance. His ears perked at the mention of a faster underground route and, ignoring the guards' warnings, he insisted on taking this underroad to Bloodiron Bastion to make up for lost time. Just as the inspection was to begin, Decim confided in Dorshan that they were carrying contraband, without revealing the nature of said contraband. There is no end to Dorshan's burdens, but he managed to talk his way past the inspection as the great doors to the keep began to open. So we join our heroes now in the antechamber to Lodestone Keep, a sort of light lock meant to keep the sun from ever casting its rays on those dwelling within. The door exiting the antechamber opens before the party, revealing the interior of Lodestone Keep. They are in the middle floor of a grand ten-story atrium. The architecture is of a dark and delicate gothic style, with reliefs of stained glass and precious stones trimmed in gold and silver. Outside of their armor, the Iron Dwarves are slightly shorter and more slender than other dwarves, their skin ranging from granite gray to deep black. Their large eyes are dominated by their deep, inky pupils, with red or gold peeking just at the corners. On this floor, there is a small bazaar where some of the humans who have been granted entrance trade supplies or bargain for some of the Iron Dwarves' mastercrafted black steel weapons and armor. One of the armored guards on the other side of the door approaches and says, Oh yeah, we've been told uh, your group needs a quick rest before heading into the tunnels. Let me uh, show you around to the spare bunk room we've got in the barracks. We would um, very much appreciate that. The guard walks you just around the corner and down a hall to the single room. And uh, the bunk beds in there have some straw matting. They aren't just like strung canvas cots. I think everyone is under six foot, so the bunks are just big enough that you don't need to curl in on yourselves too hard. They aren't like fancy or anything. Um, and it's a shared room for all of you, but there are enough beds, and they're pretty comfortable. Oh, lovely bedding. Last few days have been nice. All right, let's, um, let's take a rest. I especially could use a bit of a breather after that last 
encounter on the road. Oh, yeah, buddy. We'll uh, leave you folks to it. Just holler for one of the guards if you need something. Thank you. I'll spend this time asking uh, the rest of the party what happened on the road. I assume we don't want to actually go over that. Um, yeah. Dorshin will not be answering any of those questions. Dorshin needs a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are taking a long rest, then? Oh, the full eight? Yeah. I I will probably leave the room and do my trance elsewhere. I don't feel comfortable being in the group. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention this, but even without their masks and goggles and helmets, the giant pupils that the Iron Dwarfs have can make it kind of hard to see exactly where they're looking. Now, even so, you still definitely noticed that some of those that you passed were... Some seemed to have their attention drawn to Decim for a moment, but they were all very quickly distracted by Uramis, and they were noticeably trying to sort of politely avoid staring at the fuchsia pink makeup you're still wearing, like, <laughs> all over your hands and your face. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I don't know if I would I I would pick that up that I have been like kind of stared at uh, abnormally. Ramis, dear. <laughs> what is it? What what what? Mm-hmm. Who 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 painted your mug recently? What do you, what do you mean? She did a right awful job. Come on, <laughs> let's get you pretty dumb. She. And, Dorshan uh, uh, did this to me. I thought this yeah, was uh, in the fashion of uh, that's... humans. Hey, uh, have I encountered humans on the road? <laughs> You've encountered humans on the road uh, from Kosh to Plagos to uh, Kahim, and you have never in your life uh, seen someone wearing fuchsia plaster on their face. Yeah, you look particularly sunburnt. Uh, let's, uh, let's try and get you something that matches a bit better. What? I'm sure in this big uh, bastion here, they've got something uh, like a cosmetic shop. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if that makes sense. I I should go back to doing what I was doing before. This is all right. Uh, you know what? I'll take care of it. It's fine. Uh, Petra, I I uh, have extra bandage. Oh, for we salty. Uh, no, uh, for Ramas. Oh. Yes, but will that take care of his fees? It might. It takes care of Decims. I mean, you can't see their face. <laughs> I look like a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure. I guess what I'd be sort of used to seeing, um, seeing that from... The Iron Dwarves? Did they look like that? So typically, if you saw an Iron Dwarf outside in the sunlight, which you would almost never see an Iron Dwarf uh, out on the road, but if you did see them um, you know, traveling above ground, they would be in the same kind of heavy sealed armor or robes with hoods with the same kind of red lenses and goggles I described on the guards that were checking cargo outside. Right. So I see some similarities. So I might have known. Yeah, you might have recognized the goggles that Desim wears, but the clothing they wear under their cloak is pretty typical for, you know, humans in the free cities. And the wrappings on their face certainly, you know, it doesn't respect the sort of artisanship and fashion sensibilities of an iron dwarf. Interesting. Okay. So I might, um, I might be sort of comfortable with that. Wait, like a plague mask? No, like a hood that has goggles over it. 
maybe right over holes for the eyes or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, I had said that before, like you and Dorshan both would have noticed that Decim's goggles are the same material that an iron dwarf would use to shield their eyes. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. But again, Decim is too big. Too big. Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, Decim is offering you some bandages to wrap around and conceal your veins. Let let me wash this off then. I'm going to go find a wash basin somewhere. Also, Ramis, you would know that having been to the Blood Iron Bastion at least once before and knowing the relationships that the Iron Dwarves have with the Stone Elves and the Nomads... Uh, the Underworlds have very few taboos, and they have uh, enough of an understanding of the plague that they would know exactly what you are, and they wouldn't be upset or afraid of you. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, I'll actually side on that and just wash off and return to normal. That's very kind of you, Desim. I try. So after I'm washed up, I might um, take a look around the keep. Okay, so like I said, it's about five stories up and four stories down with crisscrossing bridges at each level uh, on the lower floors there are some larger doors that look like they branch out into some substructures at this middle floor there's the small bazaar that i mentioned and the bridge connecting the two main gates on the next floor up there is what looks to be a dais where someone might give a speech or make announcements to the entire main structure this is just sort of the iron dwarf equivalent of uh of a like medium-sized town Okay. I, so what I'm thinking that I'd like to do is to go down and to kind of like tune into my primeval um, awareness, which is um, basically the ranger skill that lets me track things. And uh, the I want to basically tap into knowing where black scar sites are in the area since I can go down into the ground a little bit. Do you go down to the bottom floor? Yeah, I'd go down to the bottom floor, and then it's it's within one mile of me or within six miles if I'm in favorite terrain, which I would be. Okay, so within six miles, I'm going to say that going through dense rock kind of shortens the range, but even if you can only go one or two miles straight down, you can definitely sense that the depths are as expected. They're heavy with the plague, and... Since this is the first time you've really used this power since becoming Scarred and gaining this attunement, um, I would describe it as uh, almost like a comforting chill as you get the image of a still dark sea far below the earth. Um, it's there, but it's not agitated. It's not disruptive. Um, and as you sort of spread your senses out laterally six miles, uh, it it feels clean. Like you don't really get the sense that there are any scars or revenants or chimera on the surface or around the, the upper crust within that radius. Okay, cool. Interesting. I think I would just do my trance down there because it kind of feels close to home in a way. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I would say the Iron Dwarves are kind of used to Stone Elves and Stone Elves are kind of weird. So they're yeah they're not gonna get in your way they kind of just let you i mean it's the equivalent of like that uh greek philosopher uh fuck what was his name Lacey was just talking about this guy uh diogenes uh he would like sleep in a wine pot in the town square and go around nude and like defecate in public and jack off in front of people (laughs) like ew (laughs) (laughs) well you know that's kind of what i had in mind but i was about to say ferment but that's worse but but yeah like 
he would just go around and perform these stunts to just be awful like just the most odious disgusting person he could be and people would just be like oh that diogenes he's at it again this is just like a less awful version of that like oh those stone elves they're they're weird just ignore them it'll be fine they they aren't gonna hurt anybody nice did we loot anything from the antlions you did not. Nobody Nobody was like... Are you fucking serious? Nobody stopped to be like, hey... I didn't know that was a thing you could do to antlions. Well, nobody stopped to, to make a nature check to see if antlions have useful components or body parts or organs. Oh, hmm. interesting. Yeah, I guess we were a little bit all freaked out. <laughs> yeah, you just... I mean, the earth had just crumbled beneath you to reveal horrible, awful acid monsters that wanted to eat your faces, so... Actually, that's on me since I'm the knowledge base. I really should have uh, done a nature check to see what these those things were. Oh yeah. Plus, you wanted to get going. Right. Time. I did. I I was not having any of that. <laughs> God forbid I help some poor farmer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that he wasn't gonna do that anyway. No, I know. I think that my attitude would be like, well, we saved his life, so. He's doing a lot better than he could have been doing. Yeah, that seemed to everyone but Petra, like, like, Ramos and Decim, it's like, oh, we saved his life. That's fine. And then, you know, Dorshin is like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. And then, <laughs> and then Petra's like, could we, like, carry his cart back to town or something? No, I just wanted to help him load his stuff back onto his cart. I figured it was all over the ground. And I was like, all right, well, let's just at least put it in the cart. <laughs> He can drag it off the road and, like, cover it with dirt and try and find it again later. I don't know. If if some bandits showed up and there was three dead antlions and then there's just this farmer putting his stuff away, I think they would back the fuck off. <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, that'd be a pretty intimidating uh, farmer. All right, well, let's catch some winks then. I don't need much. That's lucky. Uh, looking at my stuff, I think I do need to take a long rest. Yeah, because you had spent those spell slots. Yeah, pretty much. I'll spend this time uh, going through the journal and adding my notes. Okay, so Decim, if you oh, want to no. gain the benefits of a long rest, even if you don't have to sleep this night, shoot, you're going to have to take your armor off, and it'd be kind of impossible to remove your chain shirt without <laughs> undressing a bit. You can come find me, and I could ask you about that blood magic. Uh, yeah, but would your character be in uh, a pretty... S- secluded area so that no he uh he's at the bottom of the arcology just right in the middle of everything oh no uh can i do the old uh locker room you put the blanket up you know the towel around you so you can undress uh i think you've got um you could probably do something with your cloak and I don't think you have a tent, but you've got like your, you've got your like. I have a sleeping bag. I'll try and see if I can set it in a way that it sort of shields me from what everyone else. Ooh. Sort of like. Uh, when... I'm not going to look at your bits. Yeah. So well... you guys are all, you guys are, are like getting ready to like take a take your nap if it's a bunk bed situation you can sometimes like drape things in a way (laughs) that you can hide your bed like if you take a bottom bed or something actually yes remember the dorms (laughs) yeah yeah you remember how i did that yeah i had a piece of cloth over the top of my uh 
I had upper bunk and I could totally shield it off. So yeah, I had upper bunk and I used thumbtacks to use um, a big blanket and I made like a cave. <laughs> All right, so. Dorshan and, and Petra, at least, you see Decim, like, fumbling with their cloak and uh, their the blanket that they have on their cot and their sleeping bag to set up some kind of, like, curtain or wall or something to undress behind. I'll, Petra turns around. No, Dorshan doesn't see anything. Dorshan is... Is asleep. Is dead wow. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this would have been, like, as you were, like, laying down. But, yeah, no, I guess Dorsha just, like, face-planted. <laughs> I suffered the initial attack. I'm not feeling good. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine Dorsha just, like, dropped their rucksack, had their chains fall to their feet, and then just fell face-first into their bunk. Pretty much. Okay, so, yeah, Petra sees that, and you said Petra, you know, turned around. I, I turned my back so that Destin has some privacy. Okay, so you're able to... Take your armor off well, and take a rest. I mean, it's not about privacy. It's more that, you know, like the whole time I'm resting, you're not going to be able to look at me. So that's why there's, I'm just saying. That's fine. Hey, for all Petra knows, you sleep naked. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. As our party lays down to rest, we cut back to Farmer Harold on the road just after they had crossed the horizon. He sets out quickly to work, carving off the heavier segments of chitin from the shoulders and back of the antlion's carapaces. He then sets to work prying out each pair of pincers as trophies to take back for bounty and sadebeer. He takes the canvas he'd placed over his cart to protect his produce from birds and wraps these various parts up. He stashes the loot in the cart under his produce and then perches atop the heap waiting, waiting for the promised assistance to arrive from Lotenden. Okay, so you guys finish up your... Your rest, and, uh, um... I think before the eight hours is up, I'd come back to the room after my trance, and then I'd just, like, stand, sit in the corner, like, watching them. Oh, God! Like a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> or you could take the bunk that no one's using and just sit there and be, like, an owl. <laughs> kind of really creepy. Right? You know. Just sitting there staring at the wall or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that'd be better. <laughs> Um, no, you could stare at me. It's okay. <gasps> oh my god, it's like that Star Trek episode where Data's just staring at Picard. <laughs> I think uh, Petra might have the most trouble falling asleep because it's a bit early and you weren't exhausted by the fight and you only walked about half as much as everyone else. Yeah, and I'm a little reluctant. Yeah, so you probably barely get uh, a full rest, but you... Just enough so I don't have exhaustion. That's Yeah, yeah, and... You get the one spell slot back. So, um, so Decim, you only need six hours when you do sleep. So, uh, you would wake up before Dorjan and Petra, but shortly after Ramas has gotten back and is creeping over the party. Okay, so I'm gonna very carefully put myself back together and make sure that I can keep an eye on Ramas so he doesn't see anything. And then, uh, I'll take all the blankets and stuff down, so... It doesn't look so crazy. And then uh, I might look at Ramas and say, Hey, uh, contraband, I uh, show you. I think it would help me understand. Okay, so um, Desim's going to pull out the uh, red dagger and some of the scrolls and 
just to show Ramos. Um, from the first episode? Yeah, all the way from the hermit's cave. I thought you turned that in. No, I did not. Just his head and the child. I kept everything else. So, Ramos, as Desim pulls out a couple of scrolls and this wicked-looking red dagger that's covered in sharp runes, you want to make an arcana check? Sure. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, so with a three... Basically, I know nothing about arcana. Yeah, it's a weird red knife, and you you might guess it's magic, but you have no real clue. Does it look familiar from when uh, he was cutting? No, Desim didn't use this when they were fighting, uh, just their greatsword. Uh, you haven't seen this blade before. Ah, okay. Yeah, I just nicked myself a little bit. So what was that that you did? Uh, you saw something, yes. So I saw some sort of magic come from your blade. It is something I can do. I was taught. That doesn't... I don't really know what it is. I'm just really good at it. <laughs> I see. It seems, uh could draw a lot of attention yes i try not to draw attention Are you... I... <sighs> morning all oh so petra as you begin to wake up you see that ramus is looking over some kind of red knife with a wicked edge um and asking decim about it oh did you go shopping a bit oh it's not mine just looking uh it's mine oh i can uh I can discern its nature, if you'd like. Oh, you can do? Yeah, yeah. Here, set it down. So I put it on the, the ground close to her so she can look at it. I'll use my uh, Petra's runic uh, identify. I should say I, I'm very gently taking it from, from Ramus and giving it to Petra. Not trying to yank it away or anything. I don't want to be rude. I'm very dexterous, so I would just like hand it to you by the, the point or something like that. So Identify does have a component cost. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't cast Identify because we don't have a lot of monies. I have to be absolutely sure that we can't like discern its nature some other way. I mean, snore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd need a pearl worth 100 uh, silver coins. Ooh, yikes. It wouldn't consume the pearl, but you can't cast the spell without it as a focus. Um, but you can make an arcana check and try to just sort of read the runes on the blade and understand the nature of their magic. Oh, well, yeah, let's, uh, let's take a look-see here. I'm trying to decide if my curiosity would overtake me and, like, I would prick my finger on the blade. Ooh. Okay, with a 20. Um, this is, uh, this dagger is a blood magic casting focus. It is both a powerful magic dagger with a plus one to hidden damage. It also grants plus one to spell attack rolls and spell save DCs when used by a blood mage that's attuned to it. It has one charge of vampiric touch, which it can cast through the blade, but you aren't sure how one would go about recharging its uses. But you would know for sure that blood magic is very taboo. Uh, dwarves in particular believe that the foundation of all life comes from the first goddess Ophesia sacrificing her own life and pouring her blood across the land. So the use of blood magic is considered to tread on the domain of the gods and spit in the face of that sacrifice. Ooh. And that all those who practice it bring upon themselves a great curse. Desim, this is a nasty weapon. Where did you get it? Uh, I was uh, doing job. 
uh, old hermit needed dead, and a little kid saved. Oh, I took his stuff. Good for you. Good for the kid. Oh, all right. Well, it was a job. This is one of them nasty blood daggers. I uh, yeah, that is contraband. Okay, thank you. I knew, but not certain. I do know what it does. So uh, ah uh, well, it uh, it takes the life essence from its victims and makes the nasty blood mage much stronger. So. Keep it safe. Keep it secret. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes. So I shouldn't touch it then. No, no, dearie, no. Oh, you're looking much better. So, um, you say that, but I probably look a little freaky. I got like the black veins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's honestly, comparatively, it's a, honestly, it's a toss-up. Do you, would you rather have pink plaster on your face, or would you rather? you know, have black veins covering your uh, face. In... Desim, you said you still had wraps for, for Ramos here. I do, if he wants. I think here, underground, most will know what it means. At this point, I think, Dorshan, you're... No, they, they... They've been talking long, long enough that they've, like, any attempts to, you know, like, when you try and, like, whisper so you don't disturb someone, but then you kind of carry your conversation on too long and you just sort of stop the whisper and just start talking... I think that's basically what's happened. Yeah, I've I'm rousing at this point, um, but I instead of even joining in the conversation, I just get out of bed, pick up my chains, re re like lash myself, pick up my book, open it, um, and basically sit down to uh, base reconnect to the ether. Yeah, so everyone sees Dorshan just doesn't even pay attention to you guys. He just gets dressed. He sits down with his, his book, and it's almost like he's reading it with his eyes closed. Like he's running his hands over it, and it's something between prayer and study. And he does that for about um, probably 30 minutes to an hour as you guys finish getting... I assume you guys are now like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll start to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm already ready. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to show uh, Dorshan what I've got. I don't want him to take it away from me. <laughs> I managed to not get Petra to take things away from me, so or Ramos. I feel like my luck might run out with Dorshan. <laughs> Man, that bad accent really like gets people to let their guard down. It, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I'm glad I went with it. Oh, this poor sweet child just doesn't seem to understand the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Dorshan wraps up their studious prayer and... Uh... Right, gets back up. All right. <clears throat> Do we have any tea or stimulants? Stimulants? Oh, I could use a good St cup of tea. Stimulants? Uh, Stimu wake wake up, wake up. Stuff. Stuff to help you wake up. Oh, new word. Stimulants. <laughs> stimulants. 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 I just, like, walk out. <laughs> stimulants. Yes, exactly. Oh, good. I'm, gl I'm glad I'm getting it. 
All right, so um, <laughs> I'm going to go find uh, one of the iron dwarves and tell them that we're ready to uh, go through the tunnel. Yeah, there are guards around, and one of them comes over and says, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, buddy. We'll get you downstairs and pass you through the tunnel gate. Is uh, everybody with you and ready to go? Actually, we seem to be missing one of... Uh, um, one of my men, he's a, a bronze dwarf like this woman. Copper deity, copper. Oh, copper. Oh, no, nobody mentioned another copper dwarf. Uh, I'd say this woman here is the only copper dwarf I've seen this far north my whole life. Hello, cousin. Cousin? Oh, all right. Um. But uh, no, I, I've not seen or heard of another approach in the keep. Oh, no worries. I sent him a message last night. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, his wounds are bothering him a bit more than we thought, so he's just going to catch the next uh, uh, caravan and meet us at uh, the Bastion. (laughs) Yeah, make a deception check on that. Yeah, yeah, I will. (laughs) (laughs) And, and... Special voice. And I'm gonna spend one SP so I get advantage on that. Alright, here we go. One, two. Alright. Eighteen in turn. Alright, so at this point, I think... Dorshan is suspicious enough that you can make an active uh, insight check against that. What oh. the fuck? <laughs> 24. You are the level three character, right? <laughs> he rolled an 18 on the die, so pretty good. What is up with these two just lying to you, man? Like, they just... Jeff, I'm going to insist that he starts rolling regular physical dice. (laughs) (laughs) There is a a honey in her words that makes you want to believe her. But the whiff of bullshit is just too overwhelming. And just nothing seems to add up with these two. Right. So I'll say... All right... So you'll be joining us on the uh, uh, the underground passage. Aye, that's correct. And B- Basalt will meet us um, there with the next caravan. Tis what I said. <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> out of character. I'm going to suss this out, but I'm not going to do it here. No, thank you. I will tell you out of, at some point. It's just not in front of all the guards. No, um, I'm going to use this as dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I don't, I don't air out dirt here in front of guards where they could possibly like arrest you or do whatever it is. Generally, slow down the process. So I, I'm fine with it for now because you're coming with us. Okay, well, if it's just the four of you, then uh, I'll get you downstairs and set you on your way. And uh, as he walks you out to the main atrium, he's making a subtle effort not to stare at Decim. And on the way downstairs, he kind of says, uh, Look, I- I'm sure they warned you already, but as much as we patrol the tunnel, it's- it opens up in places and all manner of things make their way in through. Uh, and uh, it's just the nature of the upper crust these days. Yes, uh, I was made aware, but it's also the fastest route and we're behind schedule already. Yeah, just uh, the route's a bit under 60 miles, so at a decent foot pace, you can expect to take two, maybe two and a half days. It's a bit shorter than the winding roads on the surface, maybe not as dangerous as cutting straight through the wilds, but, uh, but you know, as I said, keep an ear out down there. We will. <sighs> Thank you for your concern. 
oh, well, you know, you surface folk. And he catches himself and kind of eyes Ramus. Well, maybe not you, friend. Uh, these others, they just, they don't get what it's like down there, you know? It's uh, it's just even a few hundred feet down, the, the threats are just, they're just different. Aye. Aye. And uh, at that, he actually kind of side-eyes you, maybe? Uh, he'd probably think of Petra as a surface dweller. <laughs> so shady. <laughs> Yeah, Petra may be a cousin, but uh, an Iron Dwarf would think of uh, Copper Dwarves as surface folk. So uh, he kind of looks square at Ramus, and he's like, these surface folk uh, just don't get what it's like, even just in the upper crust. Like, just just keep an ear out for them. Yeah, there's a reason we don't live down here anymore. All right, well, uh, here we are. Let me open the gate, and uh, we'll let you through. And uh, this gate... The gate out front was almost decorative compared to this. It is a 10 foot by 10 foot slab of solid cold iron, six inches thick. And it raises up and behind it are three more layers of six inch thick cold iron that each slide up and turn. When the last gate opens, you see a tunnel of the same blackstone masonry that is about 15 feet wide by 12 feet high. There are enough of these red crystal lanterns that you can see uh, two or 300 yards down this tunnel and after about 100 yards out, the masonry gives way to this natural stone tunnel that's been carved away. I take some time to appreciate the masonry. Oh, yeah. This is like master crafted masonry. Uh, perfectly carved slabs of artificial hematite with magical reinforcement. The grout work is almost perfectly seamless. And it's so polished that under greater light, it'd, it'd probably have quite the sheen to it. Dwarves were always good at building forts. Uh, the path is well marked out, cousin. Oh, yeah, there's there's lanterns every so often that mark the path, and, uh... I can find the way. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're a cousin, too, so I'm I'm sure you'll be able to tell hewn stone from a natural formation. Aye. Okay. Thank you. Oh, no, don't even mention it. All right, so what are our marching orders? Dorshin is definitely somewhere near the back. I might suggest that I'm in the front. Uh... My eyes are kind of useless down here. I'll take middle, middle back. Okay, so I guess then I... I think we're going Ramus, Decim, Petra, Dorshan. Oh, okay. Um, I figure, like, since I have really good vision and Ramus is good in the front, then we should be okay. Yeah, my dark vision is 120, so it's pretty far. Yeah, and uh, Decim, uh, your vision would be better if you took your goggles off. Otherwise, you're stuck with the same, like, 60-foot normal range that Dorshan has. Oh, uh, er, if I cast light, would that screw Decim up? Uh, that would. I think that would screw everybody <laughs> up. Man, you freaking deep delving dorks. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is that as you head out into this underground path, there are those red crystal lamps that are there as markers, but they're much further apart, maybe every 300 feet. So they aren't filling the tunnel with that same dim light that was aiding your dark vision. So you can see each lamp in the distance kind of guiding you, but you'll be relying on your dark vision uh, for details and for anything up close. Um, maybe because Petra is small and behind me, she can use the light in a way that isn't blinding me or Ramas, and hopefully not Dorshan in the back. Um, the range of the light would... Cancel out your dark vision, basically. Uh, 20 foot radius and then dim light for another 20 feet. That's not even... Dorshan's dark vision is better than that. Yeah, so... It Just would... stay close to us and, we'll, and you'll be fine. Oh, hi. 
It's be all right. You'll hold cape if need to. <laughs> I let out a snort. Hardy har har. Let's get walking. Yes, mom. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to need um, survival checks. Ramis is taking the lead, but the rest of you can help or hinder with your rolls. I got a 13. I have a 23. All right, so we got 13 from Ramis and Petra. We got a 7 from Dorshan, who's just not in their element. <clears throat> And then uh, we've got a 23 from Decim. Uh, and I assume that you're skulking, uh, Ramos? Yeah, I think I would probably try to be stealthy. All right, so I, uh, I mean, if Ramos is, is stealthing, then then the whole party's going to have to slow up to... All right, we'll all... So everybody go ahead and make stealth checks then. Ooh. Petra rolled a 17. I got a 24. I have a 23. I rolled a 13. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's pretty good for Dorshan. Is Dorshan in plate or something? Clark. <laughs> no. Clark. I am wearing chains, though. Oh, yeah, they God. Are, they are wearing chains around their their body. Uh, so we have a 23 from Decim and a 24 from Ramos. We have uh, a 17 from Petra and a 13 from Dorshan. So something that you all actually notice is that as Ramos goes into his skulk mode, uh, he almost blends into the shadows of the tunnel in a way that baffles your dark vision aside from when he allows himself to be seen so he can give you direction uh you can only really see him as you pass under the light of those lanterns curious so he just seems to vanish into the shadows i mean petra and dorshan might kind of be a little surprised at how lithe and stealthy decim is uh given their broad build but um with ramus it's almost a bit disturbing to see them just melt in and out of the darkness all right, so taking into account your survival checks and your stealth checks, let's roll the old D100 and see what shows up. Oh, no. Voltron Tarask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's interesting. I did not expect this to show up that early. Uh. Okay, so it's passive perception is... Okay. Stealth with disadvantage... All right, so the party has been traveling down the tunnel road for about four or five hours now. You've been trying to count the markers in your head, but you kind of lost track. But you guess it's been probably over 10 miles. Uh, you've passed a few areas where the cave opens up a bit, or it's intersected by a natural formation creating a kind of a crossroad. Um, you might have you know, turned off the path once or twice, if not for the crystal lamps kind of acting as beacons. As you approach a particularly broad opening that appears to go off into a much larger natural structure, I'm going to have everybody go ahead and make some perception checks for me. Okay. Nice. Okay. So, 21. So, with uh, 21, you're easily able to notice this sort of strange trail of crystal shards uh, that have this incredibly faint white glow to them. Uh, you're also able to notice that the glow trails off in one direction, but across the road and around the sort of natural cave corner, the trail seems to grow a little brighter. I'll call people's attention to it. I'll, uh, I'll like tap Decim and just point it out. Okay, uh, you all catch up with Ramis, and as soon as he points out this trail of crystals, uh, you can see it very clearly, and it's kind of obvious how it goes from darker to brighter in this direction 
You said a, a nature check? Yeah, you can make a naked nature check to... A naked check. A, a naked, naked check. A naked check. <laughs> 23? 23. Okay, with a 23, you are able to immediately recognize this as the trail of a crystal basilisk. These are incredibly rare magical beasts. They're basically giant six-legged alligators with stony scales and these glowing magic crystals that sort of bloom from their backs. Um, They're able to breathe this gas that causes crystals to grow on their prey and petrify them. The crystals sort of absorb all the life force from their prey, and when the process is complete, they then consume the crystals. Even passively, their breath causes crystals to bloom on the ground as they pass, which leaves these trails of crystals. All right, so I'm going to relay this information. (laughs) But you also know that these creatures are incredibly rare and sought after by enchanters for the crystals that grow from their backs, as well as their crystalline eyes and hearts. Um, The crystals aren't uh, that powerful of an enchantment medium, but they are very versatile, and high-end magical workshops are known to keep them among their living specimens so they can routinely harvest from them. Uh, Their stony hides also are known to make good armor. All right, um, I'll relay that information as well because I am a font of of uh, knowledge, <laughs> and I everyone needs to know this. I was gonna say, I imagine you giving a lecture on what these crystals mean, and it's really quite fascinating. I uh, think we oh. should be quiet. So as you're, um, as you sort of stop and just sort of start to pontificate, oh God, um, everyone make perception checks. 21. <laughs> God, that's ridiculous. All right, so we have... It was like, it like, it's really quite fascinating the way... Did anyone else hear that? <laughs> so... Okay, so I'm going to say... Uh, with a 10 and a 17, Petra and Decim don't notice this, but uh, Ramos and Dorshan with a 21 and a 23. Um, as... As Dorshan is talking, you hear this thick, grunty breathing, and you notice that uh, a faint light begins to glow ever so softly around one of the corners. I try to get into a position. And just to paint the scene here as we gear up for this, the main tunnel road is only about 15 feet wide. Uh, One person could probably, you know, maneuver and and try to cover it uh, by themselves. But the cave outcropping that crosses the road uh, is much wider um, so noticing all this, how do Ramus and Dorshan react? I uh, like leave the the group of people and try to get to a little bit off, but still have good sight of that clearing where the. So do, do you head down to the other direction of the? Probably back from where we came. Okay. But still have you know. I'm moving to be um, behind <laughs> behind Decim and pointing Decim in the general direction. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I think I'm going to sigh. (laughs) Like, oh, great. Oh, now we have to deal with this. I'll make sure my sword is drawn. Okay, and... uh, Yeah, because you didn't actually notice the thing, so you just, like, see this look of shock come over uh, Dorshan's face as they, like pounce around to your side and then start pointing off in a direction and same with you Petra like you you didn't notice this but you do notice Ramus Ramus immediately just like goes silent and skulks off 
and becomes invisible to you again. And then uh, Dorshan is like, eh, over there. Petra casts invisibility. <laughs> oh, great. By myself. That's a neat trick. Shh, I'm still here. <laughs> oh. Okay, so at first you just see this thing's head poke around the corner like a big gray alligator, but its muzzle is maybe a bit shorter. Its eyes are these brightly scintillating white crystals, and as it steps out further, you can see it has this mane of sharp quartz crystals that hum with a soft glow and run down its back and its tail. It snorts and exhales this of white gas that spawns these little glowing crystals on the ground. And as it finishes coming around the corner, that's when you notice the second one. Oh, oh no. Dorshan might recognize this as a young bonded pair, perhaps preparing for their first season of mating. They must have been roused by his stirring lecture, and it becomes very clear that they've spotted you. And since no one said they were readying an ambush, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Oh, okay, I, I was... I was pretty confident that I could handle one, <laughs> but now I'm not so confident. Twidsies! <laughs> <laughs> so, Petra and Decim both got 11s. The Basilisks got a 17. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> so, Dorshan also got oh, an 11. That's what? Hilarious. We're just gonna all plow. And it looks like Ramus goes last. Do I get a ambush round though? Uh, no. You took position, but you never declared you were ready an ambush. Oh, okay. I thought I. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, you weren't like surprised. Um, so you still get the ambush feature from your class, and they didn't see you, so you'll have advantage on your first attack. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not like I caught them flat-footed. Yes. Yeah, you would have needed to declare your attack as they were approaching before I called for initiative. As they were approaching? Yeah, that might be yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so... Anyway. So this first basilisk that came around the corner, uh, it approaches Decim and Dorshan and stops it about 10 feet away to unleash this heavy breath and spreads this cone of crystallizing mist. Um, and actually, Petra... You went invisible, but you never actually moved away from the clump, so you're still in the area for this cloud. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to need constitution saves from all three of you. Well, look at that. <laughs> That's a 13 for Petra. That's a 20 for Dorshan. Okay, uh, Dorshan with a 20, Petra with a 13, you're okay. Uh, however... Yeah, I'm going to get hit, I know. It's Decim 11. With an 11. So basically you take the brunt of this stream of frigid gas and as it envelops you, these crystals begin to grow from your body. They feel cold as they climb up your body and your speed is cut in half and you can't take reactions. Shoot. And so uh, Decim, they can only see you and Dorshan. So, um, and you're in front of Dorshan. So as the other one comes around the corner... And it, it just sort of lumbers towards you and tries to take a bite out of you. Is that your battle music? So it's it snaps at you, but it kind of drunkenly goes wide and misses. 
Yay. So 14 does not hit your AC. Oh, no. No, it doesn't. Okay, so uh, next, uh, I don't know if you guys want to roll off or just decide who goes. <laughs> yeah, let's just. The two all got 11s. <laughs> that would have been a nice initiative to get before. Net 20! <laughs> of course, it's on a roll off that you get the net 20. Yeah. No, right. It doesn't yeah. affect things. All right, so it's going to be Petra, then Decim, then Dorshan. All right. Let's see if we can hit the two of them. I will, uh, Petra casts yell and says, Be gone, fall creatures! Not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Does that nix your invisibility? I believe it does. It would. The spell ends for a target that it's... Oh, yeah. Damn it. Why did I go invisible? Because <laughs> you got scared. I got scared. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Live and learn. I'm going to give them disadvantage on their saving throws. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Uh, what's the, Is it a constitution save? Uh, yes. Okay, so they both got a 12, so uh, they both failed. Okay, let's do some damage. 1d6. Right, so just roll a dcx. dcx. All right, here we go. That's a three. All right, so they each take three damage. Three thunder damage, and now they're deaf, if that means anything (laughs) to them. Because I shrieked in fear and dropped invisible. Yeah, so they reel back from your shriek, and a couple of the more fragile crystals on their back shatter from the vibrations. And I know I kind of described them based on Dorshan's knowledge of them, but they do have these, like, six stumpy legs with huge gnarly claws and they move with this sort of awkward lumbering gait. I would also like to move away from the cluster of people. Yeah, so you you get away from the the melee. Thank you. So, Decim, what you gonna do? On the one hand, I could do what I've done before, and on the other, there are more witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that. Do we? Okay, so I'm going to try out a spell. Um, okay, so I'm going to do Shocking Blade. So I'm going to hit with my greatsword. Okay, uh, 22 hits. Go ahead and uh, roll your greatsword damage plus your spellcasting modifier. Oh, wow, max damage. Uh, so you all see Decim wheel around their greatsword and whisper a word of power that causes it to pulse with electricity as they lay it into the shoulder of the beast that had just charged them, uh, dealing 16 slashing and 4 lightning damage. And the the beast momentarily writhes in pain as its muscles begin to spasm and twitch. Oh, so that was a cantrip. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I was very excited to use this. Okay, so... Uh, Dorshan. Alright, I'm going to move back and away from the action... So basically back up a bit, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to cast a spell. Oh my goodness. I am surprised. I'm going to say, you know, uh, I'm going to cast aid, and um, I'm going to cast it on myself, on uh, Decim, and uh, Petra. I would cast it on Ramos, but I can't see him. (laughs) So instead, the third target is myself. Okay. You are stone, uh, and nothing can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So, you... so that's five temporary hit points? Five temporary hit points for everybody. 
except for Ramus. Yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, you you all feel your your vitality is bolstered by Dorshin's unexpectedly kind words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we roll back around. Oh no, wait, Ramus. Sorry. Yes. So I guess the one that's less hurt, I'm gonna uh, use Hunter's Mark, and then uh, take two shots. Okay, the fresh one. He's fresh. Fresh meat. Well, it's got like well, he's, three yeah, damage three, on it. Three right? points of damage on him. So there's the two attacks. Uh, 25 Damn. and a 15. Uh, let's see. They both hit. 25 and 15 are both good enough to hit. There's the two damage. Uh, 12 and, so let's see, 15 and 14. So 29. Sorry. Yeah. 29 plus 3 is 32. Don't forget my plus 3. <laughs> All right, your first arrow sort of lands across its back and shakes a few crystals loose, uh, but you plant the second one firmly in its front shoulder, and it immediately like pulls back and begins to favor that leg. From the darkness, I smile at the violence. <laughs> I can kind of see it like arcing its back and doing that crocodile thing when it just goes like ah and like. Opens its mouth up really wide. That means we need to clamp its mouth shut and roll around with it. Uh, so now we roll back around to the basilisks. So, Decim, the one that is engaged with you is going to try and take another bite. Fair enough. This time they hit Darn with it. 19. No, 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 19. So then it does 5 piercing damage. And... Six ice damage. So it's only six damage because of your five temporary hit points. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, and go ahead and make another constitution check. Oh, I think you're going to be immobilized. Nope. Nope. Ooh. Yay. Yes. Uh, as it bites down on your arm, it, it fails to get a firm grip, but you can feel that its glowing crystalline teeth are supernaturally cold and it also sort of snorts and exhales more of this gas on you in the struggle um, but you manage to shake off the effects yay happy dance uh, the one that uh, has yet to engage kind of um, circles around a bit and uh, it breathes its uh, gas out again and uh, I'm going to need constitution saves from Decim and from let's say Petra, okay, because it didn't like that yelling thing that you did. <laughs> it shouldn't have startled me. All right, you're both able to with a 16 and a 19. You're both able to sort of shake off the the crystals as they crawl up your body. Yay! High fives all around. <laughs> um, so then uh, Petra. Hmm. Would I have noticed that the bite looked icy? Uh, I can roll for it. Yeah, make a perception check. Nope. Nope. With a nine, you wouldn't have. Okay. You're, you're, okay. Original plan then. I'm you're too focused on to... fighting. You didn't pay too much attention to what's going on with Decim. Uh, Petra is going to cast Chromatic Orb at the uh, more injured one. I'm going to set the type to poison. Okay. 16 plus my cha modifiers are 3, so that's 19 plus my proficiency is 2, yeah, so that, that's that 21. Alright, let's get 3d8. 
three and a three and a four, so that is ten poison damage. Ten poison damage to the one that uh, this is the one that Ramas had shot twice. Yeah. Uh, bu- 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 okay, so back to Decim. I think I'm gonna go ahead and try. Um, I'm gonna try the same attack again using the same cantrip. Okay. So I'm gonna do a shocking blade. First, their great sword hit. So that's a fifteen. That just barely hits. So it does um, 12 slashing and 4 lightning. So again, everyone, you see Decim wreathe their blade in this electric charge, whirl around, and then bury it in the beast's other shoulder. And uh, it seems to be an intense pain, and it's just sort of jittering and shaking from the electricity. So moving on to Dorshan. All right, um, Dorshan is going to cast Sacred Flame on the one that is attacking Decim. Okay, so it's a DC save. Yes. Uh, dexterity DC 14. It succeeds. Dang it. That's no damage on a successful save. All right, so you generate this like flame of pure sacred white light, and it manages to sidestep it. Yeah, just do a quick little sidestep. All right, that's my that's my turn. Okay. So these two are already looking like weary and bloody. But just like a crocodile, they are brutal, savage hunters that kind of lose themselves to their blood rage. And, you know, they have this, like, tunnel vision on their prey, and it's just not in their natures to run away. Um, So, Ramus. So the one that I have Hunter's Mark on, I'm going to shoot again. Okay. That hits. 17. So... Just nine to... Nine damage. So that's... uh, that arrow lands squarely in its neck uh, near the collar and it just sort of twists and roars in pain and it seems real, real mad. Um, uh, The closer to death, the more rabid they seem to become. And this one flashes its brightly glowing eyes at you and, uh, and it's their turn now. So Ramus, Mm -hmm. this thing, the, the one that you'd been attacking, it comes charging down on you and I say charging, but it's really more of like a drunken lumbering gallop. It's, it's sort of slow moving, but very heavy and carries a lot of force behind it. Is it like when alligators like swivel into the water? It's scary. Uh, (gasps) that's a crit. Oh no. Um, it clamps into you and just bears down right on your leg for 17 piercing damage. Oh, my God. Ow. It just grips right onto your leg, and, uh, oh, 15 cold damage. Ow. Uh, that's not good. So as this giant beast sinks its frigid teeth into your leg, you immediately feel this frostbite begin to set in as... Uh, its breath causes these little crystals to start growing up your your leg. Um, I'm wounded, for sure. We see this, right? Yeah. So, um, I would just like let out a horrific scream, probably, and then, uh, I don't know if I freeze or not. Yeah. Make a. Also, you're gonna have to make a Constitution save with uh, disadvantage. Yeah. I rolled a 14 on the save. So you managed to shake off the crystals growing up from where it was breathing on you, but uh, you still have this deep, painful wound. Uh, so let's get another con save to keep from passing out from the pain. Okay. And this was a big hit, so it's... Well, I rolled a 19 
So you're able to just barely cling to consciousness as this horrible pain rips up your leg and through your whole body. And you, yeah, you let out just this wretched shriek. Ow. Um, and that's time for the other one to try and bite Decim. All right, that is a clear whiff. Got a four on the die. Uh, Do you need me to make a save, too? No, because it, it whiffed on its attack. Okay. Um, Petra. Okay. Um, let's see. So both these beasts are bloody and they seem close to collapse. Mm. And uh, Decim appears to be holding their own against their foe. Uh, meanwhile, you just saw the other one run down Ramus and just bring him to the ground with a tortured scream. It rage attacked me. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, Petra is going to do another chromatic orb and I'm going to switch to thunder. That hit with a 22. Awesome. Let's, uh, roll them 3d8. Okay. Four, seven, eight. Nice. 19 thunder damage. Okay. Yeah, that, <laughs> um, so you hurl this one-foot diameter orb of roiling thunder at the creature, and it crawls up its back, shattering many of these crystals growing out of it. And as it reaches its head, it bursts right in its face. Oh, did I pop its eyes? Uh, yeah, uh, taking out just a huge chunk of its face. I think you did. Oh, dear. It releases its jaws grip on Ramus's leg. I let out this, like, big, deep gasp. <gasps> <laughs> and it, it, it the, in the, the, the pain of the strike and the, the force of the blow, it reels back and then and falls on its side. Good. One down. All right. Uh, with my bonus, I'll cast Healing Word on Ramus. That's a three plus three. That's a six. Okay, so Ramus, Petra um, uh, hums a... Uh, a word of power, you feel some of your vitality is restored and the pain of the wound is, is dampened a bit. So you get, um, what did you say? Uh, six. Six. You get six HP back. So if it goes five towards wounds, do I get one into my hit point pool? No, no, no. Nothing goes to wounds. It all goes to Oh, that's points. right. Okay. Nice. Yikes. Owie. <laughs> well, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah. No, I, I like nod in gratitude that I'm still like probably like reaching down holding my leg yeah okay so uh and yeah as the as this crystal basilisk like peels off your leg um the frostbite of the wound seems to stemmy the the blood a little bit it didn't rip any flesh out but it it sunk its teeth in pretty deep so then we roll over to decim it's your turn are you gonna stick with the the one that brung you (laughs) yeah i think i'm gonna stick with the shocking blade that sounds really good oh no no. Oh. So as this electricity pulses up your sword, you sort of whip the blade around, but you swing wide and slash into the ground, harmlessly dissipating the charge. So, Dorshan. Let's just um, stick with Eldritch Blast. Okay. 14. Ooh, misses. 14 misses. It. Oh. it uh, everyone sees that uh, Dorshan creates a, a bolt of arcane energy that zooms straight for the the second crystal basilisk and just barely misses and crashes into the ground um is ramus up enough to help ramus 
Ramis, you um, you uh, have uh, minus five to your movement and uh, ability checks, but not attacks or at a disadvantage. The one that I had Hunter's Mark is now dead or down, right? Yeah. I'll transfer the Hunter's Mark to the other one mm-hmm. and take a shot. Uh, yeah, you're prone, so you'll you'll have to stand up to fire the longbow. But uh, oh, okay. Well, I would use a move action. Yeah, to do yeah, that yeah. If I can, if I can. Yeah. Uh, so a seventeen uh, with the longbow hits. Uh, 11 piercing and then 3 hunter's mark damage okay. so 14 14 damage so Ramus rises triumphantly despite their injury and they place all their weight on their good leg as they draw back their bow he looses the arrow and plants it firmly in a seam between the stony scales of the basilisk's head burying it deep into the beast's brain pan and it doesn't even roar it it barely even seems to react it just kind of dizzily steps from side to side and then goes limp, collapsing onto the ground. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, we all let out a sigh, and then I just kind of, like, sit back down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll move up to uh, Ramus and uh, cast Cure Wounds. Alright, so you get 11 hit points back, so you're... Hey, finally good roll. Yay! Thank you. And I'm going to say that if somebody uh, knows anything about medicine, they could try and uh, or and has and has, you know, uh, a healer's kit. They can attempt to bind the wounds in such a way that uh, it alleviates his movement penalty. Ah, okay. I um so I have medicine, but I do not have a like med kit. I have a herbalism kit. Uh, yeah. I mean, fuck it. You know, whatever. You you put some mushrooms in it or something. Um, so go ahead and try and make a medicine check with the with the herbalism kit. Now, would this be one of the things that I have disadvantage on because of abilities, or? Uh, yeah, I would say treating your own wounds is a is a disadvantage. I mean, it certainly looked yeah. really hard when Rambo did it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So unless somebody else wants to try and do it for him, I'll do it. Oh God. <laughs> uh, can I assist him at disadvantage? Um, I'm going to channel uh channel divinity to uh, gain uh, insight into wisdom again. Okay, so you you are now proficient with medicine. Nice. Well done. One second. Here we go. So that's plus two. Um, that'll be 17. Okay, that, um, that hits the DC. So you're able to take some of the mushrooms and the herbs and such in his kit and uh, figure out the right cocktail of stuff to pack into the wounds to treat the frostbite from the basilisk teeth and uh, uh, and, to, and that also sort of staunches the blood and um, it's a pretty simple matter from there to just sort of put some light bandaging around it to, to keep that cocktail packed into the wound. So um, you're still down those five wounds. You don't recover any wounds yet, but uh, you, uh, you no longer have the, the movement or the ability penalty uh, so long as the awesome that first aid is in place all right so i think it's crystal hunting time (laughs) yes everyone pick up as many of those crystals as you can find and just put them in a we'll put them in a bag i don't care if you find rocks and then we have to sift it out for rocks later uh even flakes will be worth something to someone yeah you're you from that previous nature check you know that it's the the oldest the the roots of the oldest and largest crystals are the most valuable ones because those are the ones that don't die out. So so we gotta dig into its hide and 
and I'll pull them out. Yeah, basically, yeah, it's like the equivalent of you know digging out the like pulling a hair out by the root and just keeping the root. Um, and then uh, you also, like I said, you know that the um, the eyes and the heart also have significant value um, for um, enchantment. I, I don't think I got around to the heart part. Um, Ramus, will you assist me in uh, um, <laughs> getting the heart? He's like all about it. Like you can see, he <laughs> would take great pleasure in slicing this thing up. All right, so I'm gonna say uh, this is you know some monster hunter shit. Uh, you all pull out your your skinning knives and uh, get your cuts out. Um, uh, so everyone, go ahead. Everyone who's assisting with the the slicing and the chopping, go ahead and make survival checks for your your grim harvest. Oh, oh man! Jeez. Actually, actually, Ramus, Ramus, out of because of your pure spite, I'm gonna go ahead and say that you have advantage on this roll. Awesome. There you go. A 21 is definitely better than a 7. 21. Uh, Thank you, sir. I didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Petra and Dorshin with fives. You just... Uh, actually, Dorshin, you rolled a natural one. Uh, you, so I vomited. <laughs> <laughs> you... You you go to like pry out you you go to pry out the good oh, eye no. uh, on the one you know because Lila Petra shattered one of the eyes of the one that was attacking Ramus and when you go to pry out the other one uh, you crack it and this you know it just starts pouring out green bloody goo everywhere and you're just you're just sickened and you you just sort of walk away. Um, I'm gonna say that uh, Decim was able to salvage the heart out of the one that they were fighting, and that Ramus was able to get the the heart from the one that bit them and the eyes from uh, the other one. Right. So anybody that wanted to try and identify the magic that um, Dorshin used, or the magic that Decim used, would have to make an Arcana check. Alrighty. <laughs> Yeah, you don't know. With a nine, I you rolled don't know. a one. Oh, they <laughs> used some magic. I'm I'm rolling to see what uh, Decim used. So Dorshin got a twenty on their Arcana check to identify the kind of magic that uh, Decim was using, and I'm gonna say because it's it's a spell, you identify the spell. It's a cantrip. And it's a cantrip spell that um, it's uncommon, but it's certainly not taboo. It's the kind of spell that like an Alturan blade dancer or the arcane knights of plagos might use blending magecraft into their martial prowess got it but the the word of power that you heard and the the spell itself uh doesn't raise any red flags got it it's interesting as all yeah and you just you're just like i made a good hiring decision <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just a big dummy with a sword this person knows something and i'm i'm Dessa might not be a dummy. <laughs> no, obviously. You, you're learning new, uh, new stuff all the time. That's the plan. <laughs> As our party continues dissecting the crystal basilisks and prepares to take a breather and perhaps have a light snack, we follow the echoes of the battle and of Ramus's sharp howl as it reverberates through a series of caves and underground ravines. It can be heard for miles, eventually blending into a sound not unlike a wolf caught in a bear trap. In some pitch-black corner of the underground, we hear a soft rumbling of stone against stone added to this cacophony. Then we hear the sound of steam escaping the earth while a soft glow fills this hollow as veins of hot orange magma pulse under dark black rock 
and row upon row of fiery eyes begin to open. So that's where we'll leave this episode. Join us next time as our party begins to understand that basilisks are among the least awful things that they could encounter here in the dark. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be especially appreciated. Also find us on all the socials at Death and Axis Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter. You'll find maps and arts, including some tune art of the party by our friend Kelly Bordner, who also did our logo. Uh, Lacey and I also recently put out a color sketch of the antlions from the last episode, and we're working on some more sketches too. If you'd like to help name a person, place, or thing in the campaign, tweet a suggestion at us with the hashtag DAANames. We may end up using your suggestion and giving you a shout out on the podcast. As always, our music is by composer Rob Quillen at Rob Quillen on Facebook and Twitter. So again, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end, and we'll see you next time. Bye.